0: There we go. Um, yeah, so I'll edit out any, any BS that needs to get edited out of this thing. So,
1: okay. I'm sitting in my car with my doors locked.
0: <laughs> it's so, we'll
1: cool.
0: See. Cool. Well, no, no big deal. I'm sitting in the office here with, uh, looking at my dog through the, uh, The door here, and he's he's like, need to come hang out, but (laughs) he's needy and makes makes noises when he hears me on the phone, so that's not usually good. Good So, well, thanks, um, thanks for joining. Um, I appreciate it. You you are officially the second second person ever uh, to be featured on what we're going to call the Auto Recon Recon Professionals podcast. Uh, We couldn't come up with anything more original than that, so. I guess we'll just roll, roll that. Right. But uh, so you, you and your husband, you guys own three sixty five Auto Essentials, and you guys are full service auto reconditioning company, correct?
1: Correct. Yes. We um, we began the business back in two thousand eleven, um, just the two of us, and we were actually a truck and trailer operation in the beginning, um, and then we've slowly evolved to now doing pretty much every element of auto reconditioning and appearance packages that are offered. So, yeah.
0: So, when you guys got your start, how did you uh, dibby up the, the workload? Did your husband, uh, you, you ran the sales marketing, the tech side and bossed everybody around and he, he had to go fix the vehicles or were you getting your hands dirty too?
1: Um, well, we actually, when we initially started, we did detail. But shortly after we got started, we had a hailstorm. So we we delved into the dent repair at that time, just the two of us. Um, so I kind of assisted him. He's always been more of the operations side of things. And I take care of more of the back office, um, invoicing, um, all, all the accounting type responsibilities are mine. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's also been pretty big on the sales and marketing side too. Um, so we, we've kind of just shared the responsibilities where necessary.
0: That's cool. Yeah, I was, I was going to say but based on just working with you guys for a while, it definitely seems like you, you handle all of the, uh, the administrative functions, making sure you guys get paid, that you you know, pay your tax, et cetera, all the technology side of things. But yeah, yep. hubbies out in the field making, making stuff work. So
1: That's exactly That's awesome. it.
0: Tell, tell me about this hailstorm so what what was that like? I know we do we do business with a lot of different companies that are in uh, you know they do paintless dent removal, some of them mm-hmm. you know predominantly just chase hail and here recently i 've been seeing a lot of uh, you know social media posts, et cetera, and events kind of just teaching people how to do hailstorms, right, but you guys just kind of jumped in the deep end. it sounds like we
1: did i mean because like I said, like when we first got started, it was you know detail oriented. Uh, based on cleaning vehicles, not so much repairing them, and then we got our start um, in March of 2011, and the hailstorm came in 2000 um, April of 2011. So, oh wow, well, okay, we hadn't even been in business much over a month. Well, we we started having neighbors that we had spoken to and let them know that um, we were equipped to do the PDR um, for the paintless dent removals, and so we started just doing neighbors, and neighbors by word of mouth would share the information with their friends. And we started working closely with some of the insurance companies in the area, so they would even send cars our way for that. And in all honesty, like we were doing it out of our driveway or or out of the customer's driveway, we didn't have a facility. Um, so you know, we would we would take on jobs that we were capable of doing, just the two of us. Um, you know, that were were more minimal, but we got quite a bit of work um, right, right off the bat with the, uh, PDR work. So, um, then, you know, after we kind of branched away from that, we worked on countless cars doing that and we went back to the, uh, detailing side of things.
0: That's crazy. So you guys just got after right away then. So from, from what I've, I've, I've gathered, and I've, I've been working in this industry for quite a while. I mean, chasing, chasing hail, um, is, you know, big business for for a lot of folks. Um, so was that pretty helpful in the uh, early stages, kind of getting things cash flow positive and setting you guys Most up? Most
1: definitely, yeah. Because especially yeah. working with the insurance companies, um, you know, and doing the the PDR, it's definitely more money um, involved in that than there was at the time um, in in the strict uh, detail part of the business. So it definitely helped us get on our feet and then you know because we had done the work for the pdr for people um they were willing to try us for the detail side and then you know by word of mouth they started sharing that information onto friends moving forward so you know even unrelated to the pdr we gained a number of clients so it was it was definitely beneficial
0: nice yeah the the whole word of mouth thing definitely definitely uh, helps out for sure oh, for sure what um, I'm curious I know you guys focus a lot on um, you, you guys do a lot of dealer dealership work on the detail side and the auto reconditioning and it's super high volume but uh, on the ongoings or the beginning of the company were you guys mostly focused on on building that up or was it more retail or just kind of whatever came your way
1: in all honesty at the beginning for the per- first like year and a half or so we did strict retail Um, we, like I said, we were a truck and trailer operation, just my husband and I, he actually had a cousin that came and moved up with us, um, shortly after we got started and he, he would help, uh, here and there. But, um, you know, we were, we were hundred percent retail in the beginning. And then shortly after, shortly afterwards, about a year and a half to two years in, we got our first dealership contract um which was which was great, I mean, because we had the ability to service a constant feed of inventory, um you know, we grew the business substantially you know from two to three people at most, upwards of twenty um almost overnight, so we got the contract i mean we we had done the proposal, and you know my husband had had spoken with the dealership a number of times, and it didn't seem like there was much promise. In us getting the contract because a lot of times once a dealership employs a vendor like us, they they're pretty loyal to them unless they do something that's really out of line um, or they're just in the mood to, to uh, give another company a try just to see what else is out there. Then they're pretty loyal. So you know we weren't really expecting that anything was going to come to fruition like it did. And then by the time we were notified we would be getting that business, um, we were given maybe two to three weeks turnaround time so we we hired on a handful of guys um, on our truck and trailer operation that kind of came over and and did a bit of training with us in preparation for the dealership work and then like i said you know within a matter of weeks we were about 20 employees in so
0: that's that's yeah (laughs) that's (laughs) entrepreneurship right there that's that's uh, that was a pretty big bet though for you guys i would suspect
1: For sure. Yeah. We, I mean, we, you know, the only reason that we no longer do work with that one dealership is because there was a chain of command change within the dealership itself. Um, The general manager that had been there was transferred out to another location and new guy came in. And like I said, you know, if they, if if there's something like that and they, they have experience with another company they're familiar with or have their way of doing things, that's, that's times when they make changes in the vendorships. So um you know but but on the coattails of that situation we gained a number of other dealerships so it's it's been great
0: that's that's awesome that's awesome yeah i've heard um on the uh, pdr college podcast uh, uh keith constantino uh he's a PDR guy, he owns a a tool company as well as, um, you know, a paintless dent removal business. And he, uh, he had a GM that's also a dent guy, uh, jump on and, and just kind of talking about dealing, dealing with dealerships and vendors and such. So it's, it's interesting to hear, you know, kind of your side of things as well, where, you know, when, when, you know, when things get changed up at, with vendors at dealerships is usually when there's management turnover, you have to royally screw something up. Right. Yep.
1: That's exactly it.
0: As far as uh, from just based on your experience, I mean, what, what would be some of those things that you know a, a dealership would get super pissed off about that enough to warrant them looking at you know having another vendor come in?
1: Um, in our experience, what it's been is you know when you deal with any line of work really where there is a number of faces, a number of people involved you know, there's a conflict of interests bound to happen somewhere along the way. So, you know, it's it's been in the situation with us in in past where, you know, in dealing with so many employees, there may be one or two employees that had buddies in the company that was there with you before, you know, in, in, in the vendorship location before you, um, that they're, you know, they're kind of ticked off that those people were replaced. Um, or they have animosity for other reasons, and so it always seems to be the case where, you know, there's one bad seed that you know wants to pick apart every little item and, and bring it to the attention of the GM. Like instead of, you know, coming directly to the manager and saying, "Hey, you guys missed a spot," or "Hey, you know, this customer wasn't 100% satisfied. Can can you, you know, make it right?" Then they just bypass that option and go straight to the GM. They constantly uh, bring things to the attention of the general manager or, or the higher ups that, you know, kind of feel like, gosh, every time I turn around, there's some kind of complaint. Although, in our experience, it hasn't even been things that have been that should have been deal breakers. Um, we we also th- that has happened with us few and far between. Um, but there's also been times where there's conflict that's arisen and we're the ones that decide this isn't worth it. You know, bad business isn't good business to have. So if you're dealing with someone that's constantly causing trouble for you, um, constantly complaining about something, or in our case, it seems to be that detail all often tends to be the scapegoat. So it's like, Oh, there's damage to this uh, side panel or the windshield's cracked or there's a scrape on the cart, detail did it. Let's build detail. So, you know, <laughs> it's like, okay, we're getting invoices for items we've never even heard of. And then they're expecting us to pay for damages that we didn't even cause. So, um, you know, in cases like that, there's conflict and, and situations where you kind of have to go head to head, toe to toe with you know, the upper management and that's never fun. So, you know, it varies, but we try to keep the best rapport with the companies that we have, because even if something doesn't work out in the long term with the company that you're working for, you wanna still have a good name within the industry because sure. obviously these GMs, whether they're a part of the same operating group or not, they they talk. They have um, you know, functions and stuff where they're all in the same place and you never want your name to be run through the mud. So you try and keep the best, um, you know, the best word of mouth that you possibly can going so that you don't interfere with the potential for future business. And, and, you know, there have been times where we've been, um, either released from, from work with a specific company, or we've kind of faded out, you know, where we weren't necessarily like 100% involved in their detail, but they would send things to us, or we would get things from them periodically, and you just kind of phase out. Um, we've had situations like that, but there's been many a time where down the road they call us back, you know, the chain of command changes, and they keep us in the loop so that when someone new steps in, we're up for that bid again. So, uh, you know, we do our best to keep the line of communication open and, you know, don't burn any bridges.
0: Yeah. That's, that would, that would get frustrating. I would suspect, especially if there's like a service advisor that was, you know, friendly with the previous vendor. And then they're mm-hmm. every single time going, you know, instead of just taking it up with you, they'll, they'll go straight to straight to mommy and tattletale.
1: Oh, and that's been exactly, that's been exactly what I said. not only that, there's, you know, a lot of times in this industry, there's people who know people and they're, you know, paying them under the table or somehow benefiting, you know, someone within the dealership to promote their, their business or uh, their involvement. So it's, it's frustrating, especially when you try and run your company to the best of your ability. Uh, most, you know, with the utmost honesty that you can um, and you, and you don't do things that aren't good business. So it's, sure.
0: it's we've, we've seen that a lot on our end. Yeah. Um, you know, especially cause we're, you know, on the, on the AMT side there, we, we deal with, you know, just about every single type of, you know, cosmetic auto, you know, reconditioning, you know, repair, PDR, every, everything you could think of. But it's unbelievable. I I did setups for those guys for, well, I I actually did. I did your guys set up, but for the better part of like eight, nine years, I did setups. So I probably chatted with more companies in this industry um, about how they operate Mm -hmm. than probably, I would guess just about anybody else on earth. I don't think there's as many people, there's no way that there's more, there's somebody else that's put in more invoicing systems. And what I've seen, which is interesting is you know the the you're, you hit the nail on the head with with the kickbacks and uh, quote unquote under the table. Uh, yeah. we we have uh, unbeknownst to the dealers, some sometimes uh, the vendor will kick back like uh, kick a service advisor a commission, uh, yeah. and that that was so so happening so often that we actually in our system uh, there was enough enough request from you know twenty five thirty different companies that are large. Uh, to actually build in a service advisor commission module mm-hmm. uh, where it actually, you, you spiff out the service advisor and then that actually deducts it from what's commissionable to the tax. So it was, it was a pretty big undertaking, but yeah, I, I definitely hear you on that. It's, it's also funny on the PDR side with these hail guys where they'll, they'll do it. It's uh, and I'm doing the air quote thing, but they'll call it a facility fee right, for, for these body shops and you'll see on these Facebook groups where they're talking about, oh, well, I'd never go you know, higher than a 25% facility fee or whatever. And then there's been multiple times where that's, that's an actual client of ours. Uh-huh. And, and just the day before, they're asking okay. how to up their facility fee in the system so that way they can give like a 45 or 50% to the buyer. That's shop. wild. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I <laughs> could just screenshot this, but like I'd, ne- I'd never do more, it. But.
1: Yeah. I mean, when you, when you run your, your business – without operating in that manner, it's so difficult sometimes to you know maintain with the competition because you know we're not here to you know to take advantage of anyone or you know to buy our way into things. We want our name to speak for itself for the quality of work that we put forth. Um and the ease of operation with our business. We don't want it to be because we're paying somebody off, you know.
0: Yeah, well, that's and that's that's probably short lived because that person's gonna leave the dealership anyway.
1: Yeah, eventually they get offered
0: offer sure. more money somewhere else. Yup. So we're I'm curious when when you guys are approaching a, a new a new dealership or a new account, do you guys have like different types of programs that that you offer them with different services, or is it pretty much you know cookie cutter? This is what we offer, or do you kind of custom tailor it to each dealership based on their needs?
1: It varies. I mean, we, we have a standard of services that we provide, um, and typically within the dealerships, they, they mostly operate along the same line. So we have, you know, we, we offer the UCI, which is your pre-owned vehicles. We offer PDIs, which are your new uh, arrival vehicles. Um, we offer the deliveries and the refreshes and we have a standard set of items that we offer. Now, now we are a full service detail company, so, you know, we can do buffing, tent removal, tent application, um, paint and body dent removal mechanics. At this point, um, we've expanded to pretty much offer everything. Um, So it just depends on what the dealership itself is looking for. Um, Our pricing may change slightly depending on the amount of volume um, because obviously the higher the volume, you know, the lower the prices can be because the amount of work is more consistent. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if they request something different, it's not like we come in there with one set package and say, this is it, you know, we're not flexible. This is what you have to accept or, you know, take it or leave it. Uh, we, we come in there with an open mind, um, when, when submitting proposals and uh, speaking with dealerships about, uh, the potential for future work. Um, and, and we try and work with them as, best we can uh when it, and it needs to make sense on both ends you know we don't want to be taken advantage of and we definitely don't want to take advantage of anyone so <laughs> do, you, do you find
0: it's useful for you guys that you're you know you, you've expanded beyond just the detail where it's kind of like a one-stop shop or you know single throat to choke if something's wrong type of thing
1: do i do we find it difficult that way no no
0: do you do you find it useful uh to when you approach dealerships that that you can
1: Oh, for sure. Because our pricing can be lessened. Um, The the more items you use us for, the the lower the pricing we can go. Um, And then, you know, on the flip side, it's beneficial for the dealerships because they have one vendor to take care of all items versus, you know, trying to Send you know the car here for wheel repair and the car there for dent repair and the car, you know over here for detail and I mean you've got one one company to deal with, um, and you know one company repairs all items. So yeah, we it's definitely beneficial now that we offer uh, a, a wide array of services, for ourselves as well as the dealerships.
0: That's 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 kind of what I figured. I'm, I'm glad you glad you told me that. Um, Tell me about this refresh. So the the last uh, the last person I had on on the uh, on this podcast was a gentleman by the name of Kurt Carlson, and they do refreshes as well. Um, is that it, refresh? Is that a pretty pretty common term? I mean, and based on what they do, that's basically they'll detail the car the first time, and then they'll periodically like go reclean it and just spot check and make sure everything's good to go. But it's not like a like a lot of extra dollars. Is that kind
1: right. of the thing? Yeah, that, that's the gist of it. Um, okay. Now we, with us, um, you know we, we do the initial cleaning, and then sometimes cars sit on the lot for a day, sometimes they're there for a year. I mean, it just varies. And with our company, we offer lot washes, so we have a lot wash crews that uh, do periodic cleaning of the exterior, so they just go car to car, you know, down the line, doing the exterior cleaning. But the interior is not always kept up. So, say there's a, a customer that's highly interested in a vehicle, and the salesman's getting ready to take it out for a test drive. They want to make sure, you know, any mud on the floorboards, any dust that may have piled up on the inside, any uh, pollen that may have collected on the exterior, that all that is, you know, wiped away before they show this vehicle. Um, in which case, you know, because the car is not technically sold, it's not ready for delivery clean, um, but it needs a little bit of spiffing up before the customer sees it. So refresh, we do refreshes, you know, here and there. Um, we we typically, you know, we don't pull cars off the lot ourselves and say this one's due for a refresh. We We leave it up to the discretion of the dealership to request it. Um, but that, that's essentially what the refresh option is there for.
0: That's cool. Actually, you know, what's funny is, uh, this reminded me of, this is going back mm, probably 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, the, uh, my wife at the time, um, and, and I were buying, buying a car, a used car from the dealership and it was, it was the middle of winter and, uh, it was a, it was a Pontiac Sunfire, a red one. Right. And it, it, was, it was bone stock as bone stock can get. And I recall them, A, they, they cleaned it right before we got in there. Uh, but B, the funny thing is that it just made me think of it was it has like all of the controls as if it had air conditioning. Right. Um, but because it was the middle of winter, and he's like, hey, look, yeah, it's got air conditioning. Right. The, the, and, and, the, and it blew, blew cold air on us. So we thought that it had air conditioning, and there's definitely no air conditioning. Oh, no. <laughs> so we turned around years later and uh, sold that car to a couple that wasn't from Idaho. Right. And, 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 and sold them on that they didn't need the air conditioning because it doesn't get too hot out here. Nice. Which, 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 which that's not true.
1: <laughs> I feel, I feel, right. I
0: felt I a little, little sketchy about it afterward. I was like, oh, man, I, we should have told them. And then, you know, oh, no. they, they never called us back. So. Whoops. Sell it in the winter if it's got no AC.
1: Yeah, don't don't be so sure of that, huh?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, too too funny. That is well, funny. Well, cool. Well, um, tell me a little bit about about your how how you guys go about finding finding techs. Is it is it pretty easy to find qualified technicians, or are you you know finding folks that are just kind of passionate about cars and you know more or less training them in house?
1: It varies, to be honest. I mean, sometimes. It's better to have somebody who is completely unfamiliar with the automotive detail side of things because it's often the case you get someone coming in and saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I know how to do everything. I'm trained in everything. And they come in and it doesn't quite meet your standards. And at that time, sometimes it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. So you've got somebody who's already been established in the business and they have this mindset that they're they're qualified and equipped to do the work and it doesn't add up to what it is you expect then you know there can sometimes be a conflict of interest so um you know sometimes it is best just to find find people looking for jobs off the streets and you train them from the ground up
0: Um, and that way they don't know any better
1: exactly but you know then there's also times where you know it's good to have somebody who's um already familiar with the industry because especially like in high volume dealerships when you don't necessarily have the time to train somebody from you know day one all the way through then you at least have something to start with and you can go back and review work and make corrections where needed as opposed to shadowing them from start to finish um, so so it really just varies to be honest with you and then um, you know we have some people the hardest part with the, the detail industry is um, you know, it's a labor intensive job. So you find people, especially this day and age that think they're just going to get a a job where they can come in and they can, you know, half ass, so to speak, their, um, skills and just stand around and and eat the clock. And that's not how we operate. I mean, at 365 auto detail, like we are, you know, a hundred percent about the satisfaction of the customer. And if every employee isn't, isn't pulling their weight and doing what they're supposed to do, then, you know, your end outcome is not going to be where it needs to be. So, you know, we, we try to weed out those that have no intention of coming and, and working hard. Um, but, you know, in, in the same sense, those capable of working hard tend to be the younger crowd, but their mindset on, what work is all about these days is totally different from those within the older generations. So it's it's difficult to find good quality workers that uh, build tenure with your company in the industry that we're in. So
0: I I, I would I would think so. That's 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 it's it's an interesting uh, balancing balancing act from from what I've gathered, uh, not just with chatting with you, but also with others that. You know, finding finding and recruiting techs. You know, you want somebody that's capable. You know, physically, but then also, you know, willing to actually work. And I would say that the younger generation, you know, they they definitely wanna wanna be dinking around on on their phones or yeah, whatnot. Including myself, actually. There's a, there's an application on that that I downloaded. Uh, it's called uh, Check Checky, and uh-huh. it tells you how many times you've unlocked your phone in a day.
1: Oh, how funny! Yeah,
0: don't ever install it. <laughs> don't ever install it i immediately exactly. had i i i had it on there for a couple of days i looked at it and then i was like wow all right we're deleting that
1: oh man yeah because you're probably on it like a million times more than you ever thought you really were so
0: oh yeah yeah it, it, we're talking you know it was it was like 150 unlocks in the first oh day and, and you know because if somebody texts you you, you you open up your phone it's like wow right. how how is it even possible i was able to get anything done today wow i <laughs> The, the don't, don't ever install that. It, it's, it, it'll be a rude awakening for you, especially I'm sure you get lots of phone calls. so
1: Oh, for sure, my goodness, yes.
0: That's funny. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much for for jumping on today. Um, yeah, I think that's that definitely uh, share, shared some insights on on what it's like to run a uh, not just auto detail but you know full service auto reconditioning or cosmetic automotive reconditioning. It's always interesting, uh, talking to folks and, and how they kind of classify themselves mm-hmm. as far as what they do. Cause you keep referring to you guys as a, as a detail company, but in reality that's, you guys do everything. Right. And, and then we get the PDR companies that refer to themselves as a PDR company and they might do everything, including detail, but they're still a PDR company.
1: Right. So it's like,
0: exactly. I, I, how do you, how do you even classify it so we we usually at least at uh, AMT we usually refer to that as like full service auto recon so everything but right. i don't know if that's actually an industry term or if that's just something that we came up with
1: right i mean yeah it it, it can be used uh, in that way i mean you know like i said when we started out we were 100% detail and we didn't have not that we didn't have aspirations to become more but we you know didn't didn't set our sights on that at the current moment. So we started off as solely a detail company and that's where our name came from. And then, as you mentioned before, the uh, 365 Auto Essentials, as we started um, offering more services, um, like the tent, the paint protection, um, vinyl wraps and that sort of thing, then it when it did start breaking away from solely detail, then we started uh, using the Auto Essentials namesake, also, so we have. Um,
0: you changed at the same time,
1: but we operate under Auto uh, Three Hundred and Sixty Five Auto Detail um, in in the majority of our of our work. So,
0: gotcha, gotcha. Well, well awesome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. Any 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 final thoughts you'd like to share? <laughs> I, think I don't
1: here. think so. We're just grateful to have uh, Recon Pro as a part of the operations that we have going on now, because especially as we have expanded our old way of doing things was not quite where we should have, where we, you know, where we should be for now. So, um, you know, we're glad that we we've invested in your company and been able to utilize the services that you all provide, because it has definitely been a lifesaver for uh, the amount of work that we have coming through our business now.
0: Yeah, you guys, you guys jumped in really quick. Uh, from what I recall, it was it was pretty much like within the same month, like of signing up. You guys were live across pretty much all your locations. You you didn't waste any time getting that thing implemented.
1: Right. Well, I mean, we had been, you know, like I said, we started in two thousand eleven, so it's been roughly seven years that we've been in business. And prior to using the Recon Pro uh, systems, we were using a paper trail method. And everything was documented by hand. Um, we submitted invoices, um, you know, by paper, and I would submit invoices directly to the dealerships by way of like QuickBooks, just because that's how I did my accounting systems. But the way that I retrieved the information on the vehicles that we completed at the dealerships and in the retail um, mobile unit was everything written down and. I will tell you that in using this program, it has been not only beneficial from the sake of keeping track of the vehicles, but also from the sake of payment. Because I can't tell you the number of cars that we probably lost money on over the years. Because in submitting invoices, I would submit based on what was written on the paper, but you know, if someone had dyslexia at the time and they wrote a number interchanged where it shouldn't have been, or, you know, they wrote the number down incorrectly or if an S looked like a five or an eight looked like a three, then, you know, we would submit the VINs based on what we were deciphering by paper. By the time the invoicing would process, it would be, you know, kicked back as an incorrect VIN, but that vehicle was long gone. So we couldn't compare what the actual VIN was to what was written on paper to what was submitted by invoice. So we would just have to eat the cost of the vehicle that we completed work on. So in using the system and having the opportunity to scan the vehicles and to have all the vehicle information populated into the cells for us, then we can be confident that what we're submitting is accurate. And there's times even still we'll have dealerships come back and say, this car isn't in our system. And it's easy for us to kick back to them and say, well, it may not be in your system, but we had the car in hand to scan by device. Otherwise, we wouldn't have tracking of this vehicle. And that forces them to look further into their own programs to figure out where the disconnect is and allows us to still get paid on cars that otherwise we may have just, you know, like I said, had to eat the cost on because there was no tracing of that vehicle so it has definitely helped us across the board having recon pro as you know a new element to our business well
0: it's awesome i'm sure uh your evenings are are much better spent with uh, with the fam as opposed to trying to decipher eights and threes
1: oh you have no idea my, my hours go now uh from about 5 a.m to about 12 a.m instead of like 5 a.m to uh like 2 a.m. I mean, I used to spend hours at night and, and lose sleep over the amount of work that was laying ahead of me. So it's definitely been a lifesaver.
0: That's awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Uh, you jumping on today and uh, look forward to uh, chatting, chatting again soon.
1: All right, Nick, you have a great one. Thank you so right, much. You too. Thank you, Kimmy. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.